We interrupt your social media with a special announcement. This is yet another Biohackers live show. I'm here live on studio together with Max Gosler, who just flew in from Germany, uh, I guess for a bachelor's party. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So welcome. Well, thanks for having me, Temu. Excited to be part of this uh, live show. And this is my first time actually at Biohacker Center. I've been here a couple of times now at the, the Biohacker Summit, obviously. And like you said, I, uh, I have a circle of friends sort of here, but I stumbled upon the center now for the first time. Wonderful. So um, I just want to remind our audience that uh, you're most welcome. And if you want to join the discussion, you can just use the hashtag Biohacker Summit. That is where Max will be speaking as well. So you can also go to biohackersummit.com and you can find more information of our upcoming event, 1st and 2nd of November in Helsinki, Finland. It's our five-year anniversary. Uh, our five-year anniversary. It's the world's top optimal human performance conference, one of the biggest biking conferences in Europe. Uh, you're most welcome uh, if you're interested. And Max, you spoke also at our event in... Where was that last time? Was the it? last one was in Stockholm. In Stockholm, yeah. And so you're the flow grade guy. You you basically got interested in biohacking and uh, it took you down the road of the flow state and how you can access your unlimited focus and potential in every moment of the day. I, and I think that fits really well with our theme, uh, optimize your day 24-7. So I think all of us need more focus and to be able to maximize the opportunities for a flow state during the day. And that can be also for exercise. So I guess that's also when you're doing any kind of sports, if you can access your flow state, that's when you are performing at your best. Is that right? That's it. It's sort of, you know, that state that I stumbled upon as the most powerful thing. In, in basketball, we actually call it to be in the zone, you know, when you're just focused on the game and you stop thinking about who's watching or what you're doing or what other people think of you. And you're uh, in this high performance state. And musicians know it, uh, creatives know it, you know, actors know it when you just lose yourself in the moment. And uh, that's. That was sort of my ultimate goal in order to unhack myself and when I got in touch with biohacking and uh, when I found uh, the first methods and to increase performance or concentration was actually to attain that state. And yeah, and that's pretty much what my work is now uh, based on. That's that's the, the foundation and the company is called Flowgrade instead of Upgrade because I said, uh, actually, for me, I, I'd like to help Flowgrade people. So get them into the state of flow in order to perform better, feel alive, feel present, be mindful. So a lot of the concepts actually that you find nowadays in meditation and yoga, I think they have that sort of the same, uh, similar goal. Some call it mindfulness, complete mindfulness. Some call it to be in the pocket. That's actually from the musicians who just keep playing and improvising without really thinking about what they're playing. Uh, kids do it when they play. And uh, I think as adults, we lose that more and more. And so now for me, biohacking was sort of that tool of systems of the, the, the box of tools that uh, allowed me as someone who's very easily distracted by <laughs> numerous <laughs> things to narrow my focus because flow follows focus and then to get into that state and then do actually what I think is important. 
I think that's a really important topic today for anyone who really is looking for high performance. Now, you've been organizing the Flow Fest, which is, I guess, the the largest biohacking-related conference in Germany. Mm-hmm. And uh, your next event is when? It's this year in July, July 6th. Uh, the main event is going to be July 6th. Uh, on the 5th, we also going to have, inspired by the Biohacker Summit, a dinner for speakers and sponsors. Um, and you're going to be part of it again. And yeah, we're doing it for the third time this year. And uh, if you remember, the first year was sort of a trial and experimental kind of event. And uh, I asked you for your help, but you, uh, you first of all, consulted me quite a bit. And then we were one of our keynote speakers. And yeah, we're doing it for the third time this year. And pretty much every year, double attendance. And noticed that also in that German-speaking market, which wasn't really catered for at that time, uh, there was a high demand for an event like that, you know, for people to come together, talk about health-related subjects to find that best version of yourself. And um, yeah, actually not only in Germany, in the German-speaking European area, so including Austria and Switzerland, uh, we are definitely the, I, I'd say, the, the go-to event now uh, for German speakers. So right. our concept is we, we try to be a bit more international year by year, but still the majority of talks and, and, and experts that we invite are German-speaking. Because as you know, I, I guess in Finland, the percentage is probably higher, but still, even though there are a lot of people in Germany speaking English, there's still a large percentage of people that uh, that don't or They'd rather listen to a German talk or a podcast even than in English. And so we said, we're going to dive into that segment and make that content also a lot what you provide in the book and in the, in the summit available to that German-speaking mm-hmm. audience. You actually wrote a book also yourself. So here we have the, the biohacking book. Yeah, Op- and you mentioned it. Optimize Yourself. Uh, so it's a it's a it's a very colorful book for sure and uh, looks very practical. Uh, so how has biohacking been taken? Oh, thank you for the note here. <laughs> so how has biohacking been, you know, um, appreciated in Germany today? Actually, um, I'd say much better than expected because I think that uh, the publisher, uh, well, the head of the co- publishing company, um, Christian, he became a big fan of biohacking and uh, offered me that opportunity to make that book. And then uh, we wrote it. And I think that he he really believed in it. But many of his colleagues that say, ah, they didn't know if the German market was ready for for something like that already. And uh, they were quite surprised. Like by now we've sold more than 10,000 copies and uh, it's been out for about a year now. And yeah, it really, it's quite anecdotal. And as I said, yeah, you're mentioned in it because I pretty much put a lot of stories that I've uh, experienced over the last five years, ever since I've gotten in touch with biohacking. And we go way back, Temu, mm. to remember, uh, in, in that book. And for me, it was important to to put my own stamp and my own perspective uh, in it. So uh, like in comparison to the Biohackers Handbook, which is very detailed and explaining the processes and yeah, uh, going into the you science. You can actually really. show this. Um, I'd say I mine is really focused on yeah the stories. Like how did I get in touch with a certain method? For example, I talk about meeting Wim Hof. That 
in one section and what he taught me. And then I go through the steps of how someone can then use the Wim Hof method. But it's uh, yeah, it's quite anecdotal. Yeah. So so when it comes to, uh, I mean, it's very practical and based on science as well, uh, but <laughs> anecdotal in a way that uh, it's for any layman, I guess, who wants to get into biohacking. And I got to know you uh, way back, and you were more into sports and uh, and all that. And suddenly, you did a shift into into this industry of producing supplements uh, for biohackers, as well as organizing events and all that. What what got you down on the road? Yeah, it was very much an iterative process of um, trying out different things, and I'm also quite well curious. And uh, when I encounter the new things, I wanted to okay dive a bit more into that segment. Uh, but still, I, I'd say that that fitness aspect and that sports aspect that's still very present. Uh, so in the beginning, it was really about um, finding ways yet yeah, to recover quicker, to enhance physical performance uh, on well the basketball court at first, and then later just a general fitness. And going from the area, I found out. Yeah, methods to 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 dive deeper into certain systems, like you know how to enhance your immune function and so on. But I would really call myself still a student, <laughs> more than than an expert, because there's so much. And you know, the, the, the deeper you dive, sort of the, the wider the field becomes, and all of a sudden you encounter an at, uh, an expert in, in a field you've never heard about before. And uh, for example, magnetism or quantum physics or quantum health, which is a big topic nowadays uh now which i really don't know much about yet but it's mm. the, the whole concept of 5g and how that influences your body which is going to be relevant for pretty much all of us very soon and uh so like every year it seems like there's a new field yeah and biohackers seem to discover all these things that are influencing our health in the future so that might be through the food chain like some things that are lurking in our food that might not be good for us, might be lack of nutrients, might be additional antibiotics, might be anything that is really after getting your health down. And and then there is uh, hidden things like lights. We're using blue light blocking glasses right now to reduce uh, the influence of blue light. And, and then there is all this discussion around electromagnetic pollution. And yeah, I mean, you're using filtered water right there. So uh, <laughs> just from a filtration perspective our pipes and our you know whole whole like uh, uh, system of delivering water to people in cities is not necessarily the cleanest so i i mean biohacking is timely for anyone who's really looking for that last edge that that really that last mile of improving their health and performance and it can have substantial effects in your day-to-day -day life i'm a big believer that it's not you know maybe a 30-day challenge that you do or uh, one big, you know, lifestyle change that you do. But it's all these small things that you do repeatedly every day that over time make a big difference. So it's the daily increase, the daily improvement uh, that is kind of key. And when we're talking about flow and when we're talking about getting into that state of uh, better functioning, it doesn't necessarily mean that you need to pop a bunch of supplements and do bulletproof coffee and drink filtered water, all of that is not necessarily getting you into the flow state, right? So those might help in certain ways. If you drink too much coffee, you're not 
going to be able to focus either. So you have to find a balance. So maybe you put some theanine in there to kind of lower your uh, high activity of brainwaves so that you can actually concentrate with that uh, increased focus and attention and alertness. So it's, it's a fine line. It's kind of like the homeostasis in the human body, what flow is, like kind of that you are not overactive or overactivated or stimulated and you're not understimulated either or uh, bored into what you're doing, but finding that right, that sweet spot. So in the end, like health is like that. It's about balance. So can you rap a little bit about uh, flow? Uh, because you've been, I mean, you built a company can around I rap? the concept. <laughs> rap? Yeah, you can. I, can, I wish I could give rap. Me your best, I can, give me your best, can't best rap. effort. I might man. be able to sing. No, I can't sing either. Mm. Uh, you know what? I think. I, I found out. I actually just talked to Max, your surfer boy, boy out there. Yeah, Max Anakin. Uh, and uh, we, we sounds like about some sounds like some guy from Star Wars, right? <laughs> Who? Maximus Anakin. Oh yeah, well, definitely. Yeah. It's it's like a biohacker version of uh, some kind of biohacking version of uh, Star Wars. Oh man, Wars. we should show him. I mean, who's? Oh, he has a shirt on yeah. now. He's a Jedi. Come over here, man. Man, so well, all the girls. You, you, you can go behind him, so people <laughs> people see Maximus Anakin, who we're talking about. Uh, so yeah, he's so the guy. My my, my, <laughs> my Thank you, Max. Uh, cousin in in, in yeah. terms of my first name. Your double. Uh, so we were talking about uh, surfing before, and then he's like, "Yeah, you know," because I said, uh, "When when the environment is right and it sort of forces you into that flow state, like then then you don't really need to." do much more because your body will do the rest right and he's like yeah when, when i when, when i go surfing then it happens automatically i don't have to do anything i'm just you know i get mm. on, on the wave and then surfing and that's exactly it because you're already in the environment but you put yourself in that environment beforehand so you planned your surfing trip you went into the water you got your surfboard you sort of mentally prepared what you want to do and i think in, in everyday life this is quite hard because yes. uh it's it's tough to first of all decide what you want to get motivated for and i mm. think that's sort of the prerequisite to get into that state of flow of course and what i've noticed also and i think that's sort of like the conundrum of biohacking sometimes is that we throw around with all those supplements and these methods bulletproof coffee or biohacker mm. coffee uh these nootropics in order to enhance your mental capacity your performance mm. but Oftentimes, and I think Jamie Wheel, the founder of Flow Genome Project, put it quite nicely: when when you want to be bulletproof, you got to know which bullets you want to step in front of. Right. And I think that's what many people miss. So they end up motivating themselves or stimulating themselves with stimulants, nicotine or coffee, caffeine, um, different nootropics, but then they end up motivating themselves for things that they actually don't really want to do. Mm. So you're like hyper, like you said before, and. And then you you find something that you want to work on. And there's actually a quite nice story that I have from a friend of mine who was uh, pimping his his thinking with um, modafinil. So very common smart drugs among biohackers uh, nowadays, or at least a couple yeah. of years ago. Or originally designed for uh, narcolepsy and people who uh, do shift work and need to be able to have focused attention over time. It's also a great alternative to amphetamines because uh, it has less side effects. But I mean, it, like amphetamines, it does increase your heart rate, but definitely does increase your cognitive capability. 
many people also report that it completely takes away your creativity. So if you want to get into a flow state in terms of creative potential, modafinil is not necessarily that. Is that right? Like so, so you need to choose the right tool for the right kind of flows that you're going for. If you want to really grind through, you know, a bunch of I don't know, um, repetitive machine-like automated work uh, <laughs> that a human does, modafinil is great. Uh, but if or even or, writing a book, I have to admit yeah. that sometimes when in, in the end, in the final stages of my mm. book, I used modafinil actually through uh, the the last couple of nights. With, to get with the last edits because then already the book was pretty much written and I just needed to do the final editing and some rewrite some parts but uh, I was not really yet like motivated because I've been working on, on the book for so long so I used Modafinil to get through th those final stages but I was pretty set on what I needed to do so I, yeah. and that's exact coming back to that story I had this one friend and he wanted to uh, use it to study for his exam but he was so not motivated to, to do it that he took Modafinil, wanted to study, and then all of a sudden got like hooked up on Google Maps and Google Earth, I think. And then he ended up researching the coordinates for oil <laughs> ships <laughs> so the whole night. Different thing. Yeah. And the next mm -hmm. morning I asked him, I was like, so how did the studying go? And he's like, damn it, I, I, I was super focused and concentrated, but I, I ended up like researching... The wrong things, <laughs> so it ended up, and I think that's that's the problem oftentimes. So mm. we like distractions, we like to uh, keep sort of the monkey mind busy, and, uh, and and I call that almost like idling. You know, when you're on a bike, but it doesn't really grip, and right. you're just you're, you're pedaling without going mm. anywhere. And uh, and nowadays with the social media and all those potential distractions i think everyone knows that you get up in the morning there's a bunch of things to do and what you do you end up on youtube and watch uh, talk, ted talk at first yeah. and then you watch maybe the trailer of uh, some older game of thrones episodes and so, so what you're saying you might on. get in a flow state of watching cat videos and not really doing what you already exactly. wanted to do so we, yeah. we tend to then forget our sorrows and everyone knows it so there's a, a thought that comes into your mind it's sort of painful maybe you, you should maybe wrap your mind around it and find solutions mm. but it's so much easier to just go on youtube or go on netflix or whatever yeah. there's uh right now available and then mm. distract yourself yeah. and uh and step out of your you prefrontal cortex. You get into a flow of procrastination, basically. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's, mm. uh, and then, yeah, and you wake up out of that again and it's like, oh, damn, I shouldn't have done that, of course. Yeah. I, I noticed actually when I switched over from drinking coffee into drinking tea that I got, you know, much better much better focus in in the work that i was doing definitely i was not as wired uh but when i got going i was much more easily focused in the task at hand so that led me to actually realize that i'm actually quite stimulated in my natural state already i don't need necessary hardcore supplements uh for stimulation i need things that are slowing me down a little bit because yeah. that that really helps me so coffee works great if I give a talk or a podcast like this. But if I want to do writing, I get more easily distracted by all kinds of ideas that pop into my mind while I write it that I don't get words on paper. So I, I need other tools uh, definitely for, for that. So there's a fine line. 
But anyway, um, for Biker's live show, um, we have a re- you know a regular guest. We have a regular guest called Seamland. He's the Estonian biohacker, and he's doing cool inserts for our shows. And he has prepared a really awesome insert about the flow state. And so we're gonna watch his little video, and then we're gonna bring bring the man himself. Uh, with us, so That's good. by the way, I call him the, the Estonian Benjamin Button because the older he gets, the younger he looks. Yeah, it's amazing that this guy has written already several books and the metabolic autophagy that came out recently, uh, which is, by the way, also uh, launching at uh, uh, as a hardcover in Biohacker Summit, first and second of November. So we have a full fiesta of uh, book launches so we have the biker's handbook we have metabolic autophagy and we also have Actually, my second book is uh, supposed to come out then too really but ha- ah, we can include you also if well, you I... if you make it on time <laughs> if you make it on time i promise that i will give you um you know everything you need to launch it oh, that's very kind of you yeah. thank you yeah yeah. yeah, well, my, if my pl- publisher is listening right now, he's like, yeah. you better write it by then. Yeah, better be ready with it. <laughs> yeah, I was also thinking of writing another book, and see, I know Seam is also working on something, so we all get more books out. Maybe we get... But mine is going to be in German, just as a warning for everyone. Yeah, but yeah, but there is a lot of people coming anyway who speak German, so... Um, well, we're going to certainly promote it at Flowfest since you're going to be there as well. And Yes, and, yes. Uh, so you're all most welcome to Flowfest. So go to flowgrade.de. Flowfest.de, actually. Flowfest.de. Yeah, okay, cool. That's where we are. For the English speakers, slash en, and they'll find the English site. Wonderful. But yeah, it's but the mother, the motherland of European biohacking is still here in Finland. Super in Helsinki, so that's also where I got my, get my inspiration. So if I need to mm. uh, know what's next, then I come to Biohacker Summit or open here the Biohackers Handbook. Thank you. <laughs> let's bring let's bring Seam on. Let's check his uh, insert. So put on the headphones and we're good. Do you remember the time you were so absorbed by an activity? that everything else seemed to fade away into a seemingly endless void. Your focus was sharp and there was nothing else on your mind. Looking back at it, it feels like you enter some sort of a flow. Flow is a state of consciousness where you're fully immersed by whatever you're doing. It's an optimal experience accompanied by active engagement, increased concentration, full involvement and enjoyment. The concept was coined by a psychologist Mihaly Csikszentmihalyi who wanted to know what makes athletes and artists perform at their best. The conditions of flow, according to Csikszentmihalyi, are as follows. One must be involved in an activity with a clear set of goals and progress. The task at hand must have clear and immediate feedback. One must have a good balance between the perceived challenges of the task at hand and their own perceived abilities. To enter flow, we need to be challenged by whatever we're doing and try to solve it. If the task is too difficult, we'll become frustrated. When it is too easy, we'll never be immersed by it. Flow happens between boredom and anxiety. Flow is supposed to encourage the organism to keep doing certain tasks that give positive feedback. It's a way to grow by reaching your potential and then going beyond those limits. So, Seam, welcome to the show. Uh, let, let me actually turn your microphone on because I think I muted you uh, at some point. 
just a sec. Forgot to do that. Yeah. On Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, we can. You're live. Nice. So, hello, Seam. How is hey, Estonia hey, nice doing? <laughs> How is Estonia doing? Well, uh, at the moment, it's been pretty good. Like, we're getting some sunlight, and uh, the weather's been uh, very nice the last few days. See? And I think, like, the summer is officially started, <laughs> at least in this part of the world. Same here in uh, Helsinki, and, and Max joined here in the studio. So, uh, thank you very much for the insert on on flow states. Uh, you're 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 a man who is like what? What is your age now? Um, twenty four. Okay, and twenty four. How many books have you written? Uh, well, in total, it's like five, five books or something. And um, how many YouTube videos have you produced? <laughs> well, it's. I think it's over 600 or something like that. So I guess we are talking to the real master of flow states because this guy is super productive, like at that age. Uh, Seem, tell us, what is your secret? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, if, I, if I tell you the secret, then it's not going to be a secret anymore and uh, every, everyone would start using it. But uh, the <laughs> truth is, like, there is no, <laughs> there is no like, real magic secret the only kind of you know hidden key is staying consistent with these things and having certain routines and daily disciplines that you just stick to. So for me, like it doesn't take like much willpower or it doesn't take a lot of effort for me to do these things and uh, produce like content and write books, etc. Because it's already like part of my daily routine, and uh, I actually feel weird if I don't do those things, <laughs> and they, they kind of become more of like a habitual part of myself and like definitely flow is a huge part of that so um, I've uh, actually be been researching this topic for uh, quite a lot of time as well and uh, like I mentioned in the video Mihaly Csikszent Mihaly he, his book has been like a huge influence on uh, everything that I do and when I first started trying to practice writing etc then I was there definitely a lot influenced by like several of his books, like one one of them is Flow, but he's also written like several other uh, similar topics. And yeah, definitely, like I, I try try to implement some form of flow states into my day, uh, or like every day, whether that be like writing, whether that be working out, uh, doing something else creative. So yeah, I think it's a huge opportunity for everyone to uh, express their creativity and also like be more productive at the same time. Right. So, Max, um, uh, as an expert on flow, uh, he mentioned routines, daily routines. So, uh, he describes daily routines as the backbone of his flow, ability to access flow. Uh, what's your take on that? Well, I think that routines, in a way, I found... They serve a little bit like training wheels when you learn how to ride a bike. I think that they're very helpful, especially in the beginning when you want to establish that ability to, to get into a flow state. I think that uh, the mastery would be to really not needing them anymore or maybe even doing them so automatically that you don't need to force. Routine for me, there's always this idea of something 
forced behind it, you know, because it's mm. not yet a habit. It's like something that you set out to do. This is my morning routine and I'm doing the step one to step two, step three. And um, uh, I, ideally when I'm really in, in that state, when I know what to do, that I don't need these routines actually anymore. Right. That's the next step. But in case I lose control, which I do quite often, <laughs> then I go back to the, the routines. So then I say, okay, wait, let's get up at a certain time. Let's meditate. Let's make my coffee and let's set the agenda for the day. And then it sort of helps me get back on track, get, get back. But when I'm in a sprint state and I'm, I'm sort of that kind of flow type when I tend to have these let's say episodes in my life where I'm like super highly productive. You might know that for a couple of weeks and you, I really sleep less because I just can't stop thinking about the thing I'm, I want to do and finish. And I see sort of the goal that I want to attain. It's not that far away. Then uh, I tend to really, I, I can get up and just start working. And then I need to do that too, because it feels like almost I'm postponing my ability to flow with going through some routines which I then don't need. But then after some time, then I'm sort of in that recovery stage again. You know, all endorphins, all neurotransmitters are gone and I'm lying in bed and don't know what to do with myself and feel super unproductive. And then I, then I go through that cycle again, establishing routines, hmm. going through that stage until I find that, that flow moment again. Right. Can you describe us maybe a few of your daily routines that you think are key for you you to tap into your potential to get into a flow state that could be for work for writing for exercise for whatever you know you think is uh, relevant to mention certainly like i think it ties a little bit to what i explained before one one thing that's really important for me is to set an agenda for the day so that is a, a huge part of, of my morning routine that i really write down and i keep it to three i think three is a good number but crucial goals usually also for, for the week what needs to be done in order for for the week to be successful and uh, i asked myself really what if at the end of the week what has to have happened like the three most crucial things that um will make the week a good week and once i have them then sort of the other things fall into place what i need to do next and i can prioritize a little better and then i really I write it down sometimes i even throw it away after but it's just that process of using a piece of paper and a pen and physically writing those things down. And then what is already automized is pretty much that I have my my coffee. I usually really just the first thing I do is, is uh, have, a, have a coffee, go outside. I always go outside every morning, do a couple of push-ups, uh, breathe some air. And, and actually a fairly new part of my morning routine is I have a couple plants now ever since I, I moved back to Munich. Plants? Plants, yeah, just basic plants like cannabis or no not <laughs> <laughs> not yet not yet um actually i did have a small cannabis plant which was never well it never came to fruition but uh, i was given it uh, actually as a present from a friend and mm. had it at home for a while but it has a really strong smell as well yeah and so everyone thinks you are a pothead if you have a plant around exactly so um It died by itself. Eventually. It's actually <laughs> pretty funny that we actually met in. Um, uh, actually, we got to know each other pretty well at a Quantified Self conference back in the day. I don't remember what year that was. I think Maybe. it was 2013. 
2013. That's that's a long time ago, like five, six, six years, years ago. ago. So obviously, when you're in Amsterdam, what do you do? You go to a coffee shop. So we went to a coffee shop, and um, yeah, we we did what you do in a coffee shop, and. After legally, of, of course, yeah, legally. After things went legally around, um, I was sitting there. I was watching you <laughs> talking to our um, a friend of ours, Nelly, and uh, suddenly I noticed after a few minutes that you started speaking French to Nelly, and Nelly started speaking French, and the body expressions, everything morphed into a French person. And at that point, I thought you were German, and I thought that Nelly was Finnish. And suddenly, I I, I saw two two French uh, persons <laughs> talking to each other, and I thought I'm gonna flip out. And maybe it was because of the reefer madness or something like this. But it turned out that you guys actually uh, what happened. Uh, that, that was really funny. Uh, so we actually we ended up staying at the same Airbnb. It's uh, yeah. I remember you cooking for everyone. You already were quite into into nutrition then, actually. Mm, yeah, and made steak for everyone. That was really good. Yeah, we ended up at this like this wooden shack kind of like coffee shop. I remember, and it was this bar and this like bartender. And I think there was already this one person at the end of the bar talking to himself. And I thought, wow, okay, this is uh, a new experience. And then we ended up like you said doing what what you do in a coffee shop and i remember i also had some red wine and i got a little bit on my sh- on my uh shirt <laughs> and then i put so like kept put, putting salt on it and rubbing it in and it and the bar tent keeper was just laughing at me because i must have done it for like a half hour straight <laughs> without getting so, it out obviously so so things like things like cannabis uh th- many things like uh, substances like coffee have been used by creative people for creative expression and helping them to get to a specific state where they can produce. And um, pot in speci- specifically has been used by musicians. Seems like that they describe that they're able to get to a state where they're really with the music and they're flowing with it and they are fully immersed in it that even drummers describe that they become better drummers when they are a little bit high uh, but if you're an author trying to write a sentence you write a sentence halfway and you forget what you just wrote and you don't know what's going to come up next so it's definitely not something you want to use for that um, i know some people in countries where all of this is legal, where where they only like microdose, small amounts, which helps them to get a little bit of the anxiety off and mm. really helps them to focus. I know people who use alcohol, so they might drink a glass of wine in the evening to really kind of uh, help them relax. Uh, alcohol increases GABA in the brain, so it's an inhibitory neurotransmitter. So that might be helpful for people who are otherwise easily kind of overstimulated so th- so there's many different things that you could use definitely in substance wise to help you to get to a flow state but that being music or it could be writing or it could be exercise like coffee is great for getting into a flow state in terms of physical exercise definitely it opens up veins chocolate is another one for the theobromine that's in it theacrine is awesome uh, there, there's many different substances that are uh, even creatine that are that is good for physical exercise for maintaining uh, focused uh, physical because.
And but just one quick thought because yeah, you know yes, I yes, think please. that jump in. Um, and I let Seem also jump in in a second. Yes, uh, because you just mentioned alcohol, or maybe there's also a couple, uh, you know, different. I call them numbers. You know, people that end up using, I think, drugs to maybe numb themselves and shut out some of those distractions. Because yeah, it's, it is an overstimulated world, and mm. you're constantly, I don't know, being attacked by these different stimuli, and. Uh, I think it really, I heard that as well, that people uh, use alcohol in order to actually perform better. I even know basketball players, and there are even some some quite successful examples. Let's say Dennis Rodman, for example, who uh, apparently, according to basketball lore, uh, played his best, best games after having a, a full night out drinking, partying, and 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 the reason behind it might be that he was able to then just... Um, yeah, focus more, mm. sort of numb himself from all those stimuli. Another number which is more and more popular, which might be a bit concerning for the one or the other, and it's definitely nothing that I would recommend, but it's ketamine. It's a horse tranquilizer people use not to party. And I think one reason why people use that is because it's, yeah, like it's a, it's a tranquilizer, but if you dose it right, you can actually go out and then lose yourself on the dance floor, get into a sort of a, a mm. flow state. Yeah, kratom is used in uh, Southeast Asia by farmers to f- both for uh, increasing their stamina so they can work on the field for like 15 hours. Ketamine is. Uh, or... I mean, I'm talking about kratom now. Ah, kratom. Yeah, I, 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 sorry, I changed the topic yeah. <laughs> completely. So, kratom is a green tea, actually. Yeah, which... yeah kratom is, is. I think it's legal actually in most countries. In Germany, I don't think so. In Austria, yeah. it is. These are changing all the time, like some countries are legalizing things. Now, then there's obviously things like microdosing that in in Silicon Valley, people are talking about, uh, you know, in entrepreneurship, that it helps them to be more creative and more empathic with people and helps them focus somehow and maybe have sustained energy also. So there's all, all different ways how mammals have used different substances to help them hunt or... Um, you know, even eat more or uh, focus on what they need to do. And I find it fascinating. But then there's people like Steam who don't need anything else but a little bit of heavy lifting and exercise. And Who eat. knows? Who knows? Yeah, he who said knows? he has a secret he's not sharing. Ah, I see. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Seem, tell Seem. us a little bit about your daily routines. And uh, I know that you're not a big coffee drinker. Um, so, so, so you take it moderately. So, uh, tell us a little bit about your daily routines. What really helps you to get to the flow state? So, Max explained that he writes things down, and it helps him to clear mm-hmm. his mind and and focus. What's your trick? Uh, well, I think the best nootropic is actually like a good night's sleep. So, <laughs> that's the, like most of the cognitive powers and uh, ability to. You know, have focus. It comes from uh, being uh, adequately recovered, and I think just most people they tend to compensate for a bad sleep with you know you know these stimulants and you nootropics, know, etc., because their brain is just too tired, and you don't just have the pure power, or they don't have the enough energy. So I like I would like to always primarily focus on optimizing my own sleep and uh, making sure that. I am actually recovered. So because most of the time, like if I do feel tired, then everything else tends to suffer. 
software as well in terms of like uh, creative, creative, creative work. Uh, but I also like to have at least like I was in a, in a past like a few years ago. I did have like more like a more longer morning routine where I would you know go outside and do some breathing exercises, get some sunlight exposure, do some meditation, do some journaling, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, but uh, yeah, I feel like like Max said that at the moment I don't feel the need to do it just because of uh, having having achieved sort of a like a mastery over those things as well as like more freedom. I do think it's definitely like very useful to have, you know, these routines and disciplines because you need to build up the discipline and consistency to achieve that sort of a freedom. You know, like you, you won't be able to uh, overcome procrastination like automatically if you build the disciplines and routines, if you haven't like stick to it, so to say. So yeah, I definitely implement a lot of like different routines in the past, but at the moment I'm just, you know, I'm able to, I'm at a point where I'll just, I'll maybe just go outside to like get some sunlight and like offset the proper circadian rhythm. Uh, but uh, I'll, I'll be able to just start working <laughs> immediately after waking up without needing to go through like a very strenuous routine. And I actually think it's um, like something to everyone should strive towards. Like I want to be achieving this state where I'll be able to pull the trigger and flow by the by commands, no matter the situation where I'm at. Like I don't I don't want to be so dependent of all like different supplements and routines to be able to perform at at my peak. Hmm. I'll be, I want to be able to I want to achieve like peak performance in the middle of the storm, like in the subway, in the bus, uh, in the middle of the night, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Like I want to just you know do it automatically and click with it without needing to put myself into the right state of mind. I just want to like go because I, I have built up sort of a like. A, like routine into into myself. Hmm. Max, there's discussion about flow triggers, things that help you to trigger the state of flow. And what seemed just described was uh, his kind of wish to be able to access flow at any point in time when he needs that. I believe that in the future, your state of mind is a choice. If you want to be creative, there's a button you can press and it makes you creative. There is another button that helps you to focus and write a book. There is another button that helps you to get to the flow state of sleep. <laughs> so, um, or flow state in terms of physical exercise that you, you lose yourself in the physical feet. Now, there is ways to do that. There is pharmaceuticals, there is nutraceuticals, there's electroceuticals, and then there is all ways how you can understand your patterns of behavior and hack those flow triggers that help you to produce the right mix of neurotransmitters that gets you in that state. So it seems like Seam is already kind of close, becoming a superhuman who can access flow state when he wants because he already feels that he doesn't need daily routines even, but he can you know trigger himself for that. Uh, it could be different strategies like... Um, I, I know that uh, people like Tony Robbins have certain routines before he goes on stage. He jumps on a trampoline, he does a few dance moves, and then he goes. And it kind of helps him to trigger his state where he's, he can access flow. Now, uh, is it possible to develop these kind of triggers that enables one in the middle of the storm, just about anyone, to access a state focused attention which is right between anxiety and boredom uh, totally first of all i think the answer is yes 
I think you can. And uh, I think, again, um, but what you just described is more the internal evolution of maybe the flow trigger. Yeah, you press a button and you become more creative because you might switch on certain releases of neurotransmitters or brain waves. Uh, I think right now, the environment is something that's probably super still underestimated in the broader spectrum um, that I remember as an athlete, for example, you didn't really think about disciplining yourself. You were disciplined by your environment. You were in a team. There were certain forces. You needed to compete with your teammates at first and then with you know other players and other teams. In competition, there was constant competition. There, there, were, um, there was a schedule training sessions and so on it was sort of organized for you so as a high performance athlete you have a team around you that an environment that helps you get into these states more often and i think it becomes very tiring and um, almost impossible if you have to discipline yourself every day so i think routine is one thing that you can use the other one is really the, your external environment and that includes the people that you surround yourself with i mean you guys set up here a biohacker center with uh, people who are interested in the same goal, work on the same things, you set up an environment where people can drink healthy coffee, where they have access to certain methods and blue blockers and to, to avoid, you know, for example, yeah. the damaging effects of another blue light and so on. And what my recommendation would be also to, to set yourself up uh, really in an environment and then look for people that help you to have to use less discipline and be disciplined by your environment. Mm. I think the more you can do that, the easier your life will become and the more flow you'll have in your everyday life. Because uh, if you just have to get up and really pretty much force yourself to stay off social media or use certain apps, and then you know there's a new app that's addicting and so on, um, it's, it's really tough. And then people are really tough on themselves because ah, I just don't have the discipline. Genetically, I'm a loser, whatever. Uh, but that's not true. It's really, uh, this is a tough environment to, to be in, especially when you're growing up with these things. We are already at an age where I'd say we are even beyond, we, we didn't grow up with social media. Right. Um, we, we, were, we, we know that time before smartphones, but imagine like a 15-year-old now and their social circle is pretty much half digital, half real. And uh, th they can't compare yet, and then it gets harder and harder. And then, uh, of course, you, eventually you, you feel like you, you, you're not disciplined enough for, for this world and so on. And um, that's, I think, also the, the goal as an employer or someone like what you're doing here uh, or with events that you really show people how to choose the right environment, to set up an environment that um, takes some of that work Yes, helps you. Yeah, that's that's right. When it comes to biohacking, you know, you can certainly try to hack yourself, like physically, uh, psychologically, uh, whatever it means your mind and body. But in the end, paying attention to your environment. How do you modify your environment so that it supports whatever you need to do? I've noticed, for example, that I get much more creative thinking done when I go for a massage. And when I'm sitting on the table and someone is working on, you know, some of the stiff points, that is also releasing, you know, any kind of problems that I'm working with. And it really makes me think about in a very creative way while I'm there. And by having 
those moments in my week. I get more moments when I can actually reflect on what's going on. And it open, only happens in, in that kind of perfect state while I'm getting a massage. Now, in an environment way, perspective, I would then schedule things like that into my day, day or week so that I get more of those kind of moments. Now, there is another moment where I get into this free flow of thoughts, and that's when I go for foraging. That's when I go to the forest. That's when I work with plants. And it really helps me to think. It might be a moment when I'm doing my dishes, you know, by hand instead of using a washing machine. So in a high-performance world where we are, sometimes you really need, you know, a little bit of not faster, better, stronger approach, mm -hmm. but maybe, you know, slow down. It's not a fast food world in the end if you want to do creative work. It, you need to slow down a little bit, slow thinking. So somehow you maybe you make your environment change faster than you are and it like going to nature and it, that really stimulates you with, with free flow of thoughts. So those are some of the flow triggers for me for creative thinking, which I can't access if I'm in front of my computer, I'm in a cafeteria with a laptop or whatnot. Some people might be able to access those states, but I can't. I need to go somewhere else. And um, that's an environmental hack. And most of our book is actually written in a summer cottage. So the Barker's Handbook, it has not, not been really written in, a, you know, in, in some kind of office environment. It's definitely been written in nature. And it probably reflects also in part of the content as well. So, Very much so. Yeah, Seem, um, can you share a little bit more about your thoughts and ideas uh, as a closing uh, for, for your, your uh, presence here in this stream, um, what would you recommend people to study or look into if they have want to have more flow in their life and less anxious, less boredom, and more of that focused attention? Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's a definitely a good question. And I do agree that your environment plays a huge role in terms of your ability to, to stay focused and to do things. Like you, you won't be able to, to like overcome the willpower battles <laughs> All the time, if you are uh, constantly like triggered by different things in your environment, and definitely learning how to like manage your social media activities, that's like one of the most critical parts. I think most people suffer from, and definitely some of the books that I recommend people to read are uh, "Flow" by Mihaly Chiksan Mihaly, uh, and as well as uh, "Deep Work" by Cal Newport. So. Uh, flow talks about you know, the entire concepts and ideas of flow, uh, but at the same time, uh, the deep workbook talks about this this creating this period of time uh, for every day where you're actually doing something very focused and something that is more meaningful for you, where you're like manifesting some sort of like uh, creative aspects of yourself, and uh, that can apply to like different industries and different uh, kind of occasions, and of course, like. I would imagine learning, you know, but using biohacking techniques would be also quite amazing for it. And Max's book and your guys' books, uh, those things uh, will definitely help anyone to kind of detox their environment and uh, help to also become more focused by using uh, like nutrition, etc. Amazing. Um, I would also like to add, uh, thank you, Seem, by the way. Thank you very much for joining. Um, so yeah, thanks, Seem. By the way, I think uh, that 
it's, it's quite impressive as you, at your young age i mean what what you're able to do um uh, i'm i'm quite <laughs> impressed because you're very internally driven you know this is something mm -hmm. i think a lot of people struggle with and this is certainly a unique ability that you have um and then uh, trying to understand that more and then sharing with this this with the world is is very valuable so yeah thanks for that mm, thanks certainly so um i'm gonna change this a little bit here around so uh here we go i actually want to add uh flow genome project by stephen kotler and i guess it's jamie wheel Jamie Wheel, yeah. So, mm -hmm. so that's another awesome resource. They've they've done a lot of work in popularizing the idea of accessing flow states, especially for top management of of many companies. And if you are interested in accessing flow states, and if you want to meet Seem and learn directly from him, also on how he does his daily routines, at the five year anniversary Barker Summit in Helsinki, first and second of November. We have a special program item, uh, in addition to all the book launches, which <laughs> is uh, the Optimized Day Workshop. And the Optimized Day Workshop is basically a hands-on um, workshop that starts from the morning when you wake up to the moment when you go to sleep. And together in guidance of some of the best experts on daily routines, uh, we will dive deep into creating a perfect day so it's it is less lecturing and more about you know all the daily routines that you get into how you wake up how you prepare your morning water how do you get sunlight how do you have snacks nutrition throughout the day that supports your focus uh, what kind of lunch would you prepare what kind of breakfast would you prepare uh, what kind of technologies might you use if you want to have more focused attention in your day uh, how would you do journaling, uh, daily goals and tasks? And uh, yeah, Seem is going to be there. He's going to be teaching some of his tips and tricks. Hopefully, Max can also, you know, no. make yeah. it there. So, so, so I think we would love to hear from you as well. Uh, so that's going to take place actually 30th of October. So that's a day before. Uh, we will have the tickets available for this soon, but it, it's going to be a deep dive in a beautiful location into daily routines, and we're going to learn. And a I lot. heard we are all going to do it in Halloween costumes as well. I guess that's if that's a flow trigger, we will do that. So, <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, with that, I mean, thank you, Sim. I'll just close the close the online uh, thing here. Here we go. Okay, back to studio with Max. <clears throat> so, Max, what do you think about, you know, Seam? Seam seems to be like a 24-year-old <laughs> guy. Uh, amazingly perfect. I actually didn't know he was that young. Uh, yeah. But yeah. he's really like, I mean, with every generation, things seem to improve for sure. And uh, that is that is quite amazing. You don't need the head, head, headphone, headphones anymore. Uh, so I remember when I was 24. Well, I started my first company when I was 16. Uh, mm -hmm. 
I was teaching in a, uh, you know high school when I was 17 in university when I was 18. So I thought I started early on these things and then comes people like Seem who write five books before they're 24. So <laughs> here we go. It's crazy they get younger and younger like Matt Maruka as well the yeah that apprentice uh, of Jack Cruz's he's uh, mm. a 21 or something like that and yeah. already in he's well versed in the effects of light on on our circadian biology and how it affects health for sure they get younger and younger i i meet all these cool guys in all these biking conferences and and that's what i love about putting these events together is the fact that you meet people like seem seem came to 2017 biker summit and i remember him he was a really bright young guy he was making all these cool youtube videos he, he made one of probably one of the best like uh, social media piece out of that event and uh, yeah, I kept in contact with him and now he's become bigger and bigger. So um, what kind of people have you met in your journey of organizing the Flow Fest? Um, interesting people who, who went on to create something big. Oh man, there's so many interesting people out there. Uh, that's probably one, one of the lessons, you know, that uh, you think you kind of know the universe. <laughs> you, you don't. So, uh, like, it happens almost on a weekly or monthly basis, you know, that I'm introduced to someone that I haven't heard before. And then it's usually like, wow, how come I never came across that person before? Uh, what kind of work he or she does? And, uh, well, recently, a really interesting uh, conversation I had with uh, an Austrian chronobiologist, um, Dr. Maximilian Moser, who's worked with astronauts also on studying the, the biorhythm and uh, also has run several studies on the effects of certain woods on sleep and so on. And he's this uh, really like look looks like a nutty professor in a way because he's this, this Albert Einstein hair going. And yeah, I have him uh, here if, if if someone wants to see that. Yeah, there he is. Oh yeah, there he is. Yeah, he looks like an Einstein <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so he's like actually there are quite a few stuff. on there. So that I can go almost through all of them. There, um, Marco. Uh, Ratschlag, for example, he does this live hypnosis on stage. He's going to be at um, mm. Flowfest this year for the first time and uh, pretty much a psychologist who started his own uh, method and company. There is Alexander Wunsch, who is quite known already worldwide in the field of photobiology. Um, um, there's actually a really interesting guy, if you scroll down a little bit, Adrian. I love him. Uh, Adrian Iselin, yeah, yeah he's, a, he's actually an acro-yoga trainer, but he's half Canadian, half German, and very much into somatic intelligence, so uh, how to teach people how to use their body in order to understand themselves better. Mm. And he goes uh, also deep into sexuality and into mm. understanding your bodily functions and what your body tries to tell you. And um, um, at, at first, you, you think, wow, he's a, well, he's an acro-yoga coach, but he's so much more than that. And actually, I found out as a as a side gig, since he's bilingual, he also works for Netflix and does translations for them. Uh, so he's oh. also also this really interesting, super well rounded person. And when you hear him mm. talk, he's so uh, well versed as well, and uh, speaks on an intellectual level about um, yeah the, the the human body and what it means to yeah to feel yourself and to move and 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 so yeah, I'm, I'm always fascinated when I come across someone. Who is? I think that the two fundamental attributes to to people that I usually find interesting one is curiosity. You know that someone is just really curious or passionate about something, 
and, uh, and it explains it. And I think almost any subject can all of a sudden become interesting. When, when like, um, it's always amazing with whatever yeah. you come up with every year at Baraka Summit. You know, when we're in the kitchen together at the dinner, and you speak about some new herb that you, that I've never heard about. Or um, I remember <laughs> last time when you said that the grass fed is yesterday. Yeah, herb yeah. fed is wild, wild herb fed, wild herb fed. <laughs> Wild herb fed. <laughs> so, gosh, that's the next big thing after grass fed organic beef. And, and so, yeah, that's butter. I think curiosity and, and that, that makes a lot, but people yeah, have come across. I think that oftentimes in, in, in the US at least, a lot of the same names, you know, they go into each other pod, each other's podcasts. And then you, yeah, you, all of a sudden you have the impression, you're under the impression that there's like 20 people who are good <laughs> at yeah. what they do. And then and, and that's it. But there's there's really so many, and there are mm. professors at probably at every university. There's a professor that you could interview and can absolutely attribute. To me, these events are like, uh, I mean, the combined intelligence of the audience greatly surpasses anyone on stage. Yeah, and it's this collective um, conscience, almost consciousness. Now you know that yeah. we're tapping into and. Yeah. That's, the, I think, the interesting thing. Also, what you're doing right now with uh, your technology that you can do that all of a sudden bring these different mm -hmm. minds together and create an even bigger realm of uh, like a like a universal memory, yeah, uh, of stuff. And then yeah. you can tap into that and be already using our smartphones, obviously, to mm -hmm. do that. But like you said before, maybe eventually it will be integrated into a, some sort of hardware in in our bodies, perhaps with a button. Yeah, yeah. Or yes. maybe, maybe even intuitively, you know, that, that you make decisions that you don't even have to logically think about anymore, but that help you adapt. Mm. Certainly. So Flowfest is going to take place. Uh, can you remind us of us the dates? July 6th in Munich. Again, uh, we have a really nice location. You haven't seen it actually because the first year we were in Berlin still, uh, which was also a nice mm. location. But this uh, in Munich, we have this. Uh, it's it's on an island in the middle of the Munich River. It's called the the Prater mm. Island, and it used to be an old, I think, spirit and soap factory, and it's oh, wow. protected. And it has a little beach, so I really hope that the weather will be good because uh, it's one part is you can't really go into the water, but it's like this beachy theme with a bar and so on, and it's mm. go down some steps and then. The location is just really, really nice. And so it, it's just fitting for Flowfest because it's a flowy location. Absolutely. I'm going to be there, 6th of July. I hope you will also be there. So half of the talks will be in English, right? Some Not entirely them. half, but I think we have four talks at least in English. So yeah. it's but uh, a bunch of people who speak English. Casper will be yeah, there Kasper again. Uh, mm. Jack Cruz will be there. Cruz, Matthias yeah. Rubing will be there. Matthias we'll have yeah. two stages this year. Uh, there are a bunch of cool stuff to try out. We'll have an infrared sauna there again. Uh, not again, the first time, but um, yeah, awesome. It's going to be great. So uh, yeah, everyone is most welcome to flowfest.de to meet it's us. It's really an it's an experience. Do we have a discount code or something? Maybe buy. You do. Did, yeah, you do. I think it's BH Summit. BH, BH Summit. I really hope it's true. Yeah. <laughs> it's live. If it's so not, it's not uh, flow grade also if it doesn't work, it will work in a couple of hours. Yes, right? So true. BH Summit will be the code for discount at flowfest.de if you want to join us. Uh, 
And uh, if not, uh, most welcome to Biker Summit, which first and second of November in Helsinki, Finland. Max is going to be one of the speakers, hopefully with a new book. <laughs> uh, but at least. Uh, He's going to be there sharing his experience on flow and how you can access those states. Seem is going to be there. Uh, we're all going to be there. So you should be there or you're square or something like this. For sure. Yeah. yeah okay, cool. Um, definitely. Uh, it has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for you know flying in from Germany here. For May I ask actually you one more yeah. question? I think it's interesting for the audience as well. Let's go it. But Let's that's something I want to know. Um, what is something that you've discovered like in the last, let's say, six months that you integrated into your life? Like like something, like a new biohack um, that has transformed a part of your day. A new biohack that has transformed my day. Well, we have an infrared sauna here at the office. And uh, I often like to go with my laptop in there and also turn a red light simultaneously. And I used to also combine a spike mat with binaural beats and red light with some meditation to r really recharge my myself for the day. And that became a pretty um, consistent routine. So I would do that immediately when I feel a little bit tired. I would lie down under a red light on a spike mat with binaural beats on my head and and do some meditation and and that really recharges me and helps me with my daily activities so um i think many of these things are seasonal i think it's gonna it's gonna fade now that i have sun i don't need that much red light devices anymore anyway anywhere any, any kind of light therapy i just go outside and nature is going to be my teacher and i discovered some really nice new herbs that are definitely recharging me and so i'm going to pick up that habit again uh when it comes to mm, I, I guess it's kind of in the same lines as seem that uh you you kind of train yourself in different practices and daily routines first you follow a kind of rigorous regime uh because that's the way how you learn that's the way how you really you know build up habits but once you get those nailed down you can really loosen your grip a little bit you don't need to do exactly the same sequence of things but you can certainly uh then use different strategies in different situations so you become wiser in terms of uh, triggers and habits and routines what you're going to be deploying at a specific time slot but mm -hmm. for me for sure like drinking more tea has been one of the key things uh, so bulletproof coffee is not the all not the end of all when it comes to biohacking i think it's 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 an okay beverage, but you can definitely optimize that also by. Well, I think it's I, I always call it the gateway drug. You know, it's something easy to understand. It's sort of lifestyley. It's now in the, in Hollywood and so on, and people hear about it and they want to try it. But it's sort of the gateway drug, maybe yeah. to to get yeah into making something out of order the ordinary. I want to share actually one thing. Uh, uh, let's see here. So I have this device called Mellow, and and Mellow is uh, let's let's just open up the website. 
So here we have it. So Mello is a sous vide machine. And the nice thing about this is that it actually cools also the food. And you can set up a timer with your mobile phone. So I like to make my morning eggs with this thing. So I put my eggs in the evening in there. It cools it down into a, a, a like cold a refrigerator kind of kind of throughout the night. And then it starts the uh, sous vide process, which takes one and a half hours to produce the perfect egg with the perfectly velvetly egg yolk. And if you really enjoy your morning eggs and you want to have you know them perfectly cooked, this is the best way. And I set it up so that the eggs are ready immediately when I wake up. So it, it starts already one hour and a half. And I save 15, 20 minutes making my breakfast by using this thing. So I'm basically now shifting part of my work to be done by machines while I sleep for my morning routine. So <laughs> oh, that's I love a pretty having cool machines thing. work for you. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Machines are taking over. They're taking over my breakfast for sure. Oh, that's a cool advice. I haven't heard yeah. about that one. So there's all these small small tips definitely that you can get yourself into. So with that, Max, I think we're kind of running out of time. And um, we're editing this down and sending this over. Uh, also, as a podcast, if you want to listen it afterwards. Uh, if you... Want to ask questions? Propose. Uh, actually, Timo, give me one more time because I asked uh, my Instagram followers to ask you questions. Let's oh, you see. have? Yeah. Oh, you have questions. Nice. Hold okay, on, let's hold do on, it. Okay. I'm not going to end yet. Not going to end yet. Um, oh, God. Now I'm. Do we have any cool, cool questions? There's something here. <laughs> I just have to check. Okay, what do you want to learn from this guy? How can I access the responses? <laughs> That's so god, I'm not a... uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's your phone. <laughs> yeah, you're very true. I think one of the best hacks for accessing flow is to get rid of your phone, uh, really, not to use one because it's a huge distractor. Very true. That's for sure. Um, but I also like to use it as a small micro ah, break. Actually, I got a question for you. Okay, shoot. I just thought of that. No, because people said uh, asked me if, if you could do like some sort of therapy, let's say a stem cell therapy that would allow you to live open-ended <laughs> would mm. you do it when it comes to longevity uh i don't think it's good for our species that we discover the ways of extending our lifespans mm. infinitely because as species we evolve through natural selection and adaptation to our environment and basically you live as long as is needed for your genes to be passed on and for the gene expression to change based on environmental factors, that's epigenetics. And if we live like 120 years old or 180 or 2000, uh, the way how I see this, our environment is changing faster than we are. That's why we need biohacking today. So we need to modify ourselves. Uh, we need to you know, hack our environments and all of that to stay healthy. And if we extend our lifespans, that becomes exponentially harder. And in the end, um, we need to move then from 
evolution by natural selection to evolution by intelligent design where you're modifying yourself physically. So gene manipulation, stem cell therapies, whatever we need to do to do what nature would do otherwise. And I don't think we have it all mapped out or that we know what are the consequences of our actions in the end and if it's good for us in the long run. So I rather live a good life, you know, for... And I like generations. I like to be 20 years old, 30 years old, 40 years old, 50 years old, 60, 70, 80. I like that. I like that I have different decades of my life that have different focus areas and interests. If I would be stuck at 24 years old or something like this, or stuck, the worst case scenario, at 90 year old, that I've kind of extended my lifespan through whatever means, Meaning that, I mean, that's the nightmare scenario is that you're old, fragile, and you're kept alive <laughs> like a vegetable. So, yeah, or even when you're a 24 year old now, that's not a 24 year old in 100 years. So, you might be just a version, you know, like an old timer on the street. Uh, and and maybe, I, maybe still working, but they're newer, better models. And so, I think that's, that's also, mm. uh, it's like old meat, you know, there was. Uh, warm up in the end. Yeah, um, and I would like to reset myself occasionally because all the trauma <laughs> from the past, all the experience yeah. you've had, all the relationships you've had, all the issues you have to deal with, all the work, you know, all the those are becoming harder and harder the older you become, in a way. So it's harder to let go of your past. Uh, maybe it becomes easier to accept, you know, the past as well. But to me, it's quite natural that you live your life and, you know, you get married and you get children and you get a career and then you retire and that's it. Uh, I, I want to, you know, live to my fullest doing all of that. I don't want my body or mind to break down. I want to enjoy doing it. I want to share my learnings. I don't necessarily want to get stuck at, you know, 24 or now 37. That's actually that's the last recommendation and then I'll let you end the podcast. I know I have been extending it. <laughs> but there's a great book. Unfortunately, I, don't, I it's I think a, a British author, but it's called I think How to Stop Time. In German, it's Wie man die Zeit anhält, which is directly translated into a How to Stop Time. And the author sort of creates this, well, there's a species of human beings that try to be hidden, but they grow to a thousand years old they just age way slower and uh, he describes it uh, out of the perspective of, of one person the, the hero sort of and but uh, also the struggles that come with it so there's it, it's, it's really well done and and well researched and how how tough it can be if uh, you're like grow, growing that old but many people around you don't and that he loses the love of his life and then um, at the end, kind of wants to end his life, and then he finds uh, love again, and so on. But it's it's a really cool book, and it's by Matt Matt Haig. I can look it up, and we can awesome. Yeah, let's share that another. on the on the notes. Uh, thank you very much for Max for sharing your knowledge on optimizing the day. Uh, we're gonna have more at the Biker Summit. Uh, check out Biker's Handbook. Check out the German Biker's Handbook. Biohacking Optimi. Optimire dich selbst. Optimize yourself. And uh, yeah, we're going to have a bunch of book launches there. (laughs) Welcome to the Optimized Day Workshop also. So with that, you know, thank you very much for joining us. And we'll see you next time with our next Barker Summit speaker. Uh, We're going to dive deep into who knows what when it comes to self-optimization. So 
Enjoy your day. Have a healthy, healthy day and week. Thank you very much. Go for flow.